Uh, well, hey, Hope Young Adults, welcome to Community Conversations. My name is Matt. I'm here with my man Wade Harris. Yes. That's right, student pastor. Oh. Fist bumps like that. Student pastor, father of three, <laughs> husband of one. Husband of one. Get it right? Yes. Check it in Titus. It's important stuff. <laughs> Uh, but we are here for Community Conversation, yeah. where we talk about relevant issues that mm -hmm. are important to have in the church and what that looks like moving forward yep. uh, in the future, what culture looks like and what we want it to look like. And today, I've asked Wade to be a part of a conversation about diversity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love this topic, but I also, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. This is actually probably a conversation that me and Matt have had ongoing um, for a couple years, mm -hmm. actually. And so this is one of those hot button issues, but it's also one of those issues that's so big yep. that you cannot tackle it all in one podcast right. um, episode. But I think it's, I'm honored that you would ask me to do it, but I think it's important, um, not even just at our church, but just in the big C church in general, yep. uh, because it's something the Bible calls us to, so. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, we'll peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, so in ministry rhythms mm -hmm. in November often mm -hmm. like to use November in the spirit of Thanksgiving. There's a place at the table for anybody. Yeah. The the ground at the foot of the cross is level. Let's mm -hmm. talk about diversity and what mm -hmm. the church should look like or could look like, mm -hmm. what it looks like eternally, you know, that type of thing. So in that, traditionally for years I've invited somebody, usually mm -hmm. a black person, to come in and to communicate to majority white audience on yeah. what diversity in the church looks like. Yeah. Uh, and we've done that, and you've been a part of that. And mm -hmm. in 2019, this is kind of my experience, all right? So just mm -hmm. to invite you guys back into that. In 2019, we had this event, and I asked uh, Wade, who is a great moderator. He's, he was doing podcasts before podcast was a word. <laughs> it's true, man. He was, he's in the game. Um, now you make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was, he's a great moderator and interviewer, so I asked him to have a conversation with Dwayne Calvin, yep. another black man, to yep. teach a majority yep. white audience yep. about what diversity looks like. Yep. All right? And even in the moment, I think that was me being uncomfortable engaging that conversation mm. in a public platform. All mm. right? Uh, 2020, clock turns, it's wild. Summer of 2020 happens, and... I mean, on top of everything, you know, you see Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud mm -hmm. Arbery, George Floyd, uh, the protests, the riots, the mm -hmm. violence that come mm -hmm. afterward, the, the pain, yeah. you know, and I think this is my yep. action step after seeing that is I just saw weight yeah. on uh, black men, leaders, mm -hmm. brothers who I mm -hmm. care about, who just had this burden of mm -hmm. not only dealing with that emotionally, seeing George Floyd, yep. And dealing with it, what does it look like for me as a father, as mm -hmm. a husband, as a church worker, mm -hmm. you know, and those things. But then to have to have the burden of now educate. Like, and for sure. a white person, it was a season of listen. Yep. So then somebody yep. had to be speaking to white church or yep. whatever, white audience. And that's a heavy burden. And mm -hmm. I just felt like we, I can't do that anymore. I can't, mm -hmm. moving forward, if I care about diversity, mm -hmm. I can't wait on my black brother sure. to educate me sure. or educate a majority white church or whatever mm -hmm. on what diversity looks like. So mm -hmm. I think we invite you into this conversation to partner yeah. in it with you, right? To yeah. partner in the future church to say, yeah. let's be something that we're yeah. not maybe completely yeah. diverse, right? And let's yeah. move forward. So, but you have, like, you're not just a diversity guy, you're a culture guy, yeah. right? Yeah, I, uh, so it's interesting. Um, if you look at corporate America right now, mm -hmm. most corporations have 
a diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. officer. So it's not just a diversity, it's an inclusion. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's an additional word that actually has a lot of meaning. And they typically have a whole team, and it's, uh, it extends beyond race. It's, it's culture. It's, it's all those different things that are comprised of that. But when you look at those organizations and why they're doing it, it's because, hey, we want to make sure we are providing a place where everyone feels like I belong here. Like, I have a place here, I have a seat at the table, um, I'm a part of decision-making, I can be in leadership if my gifting gives me that, uh, and, and, and I can contribute to this company and this organization in a really meaningful way mm-hmm. and not be penalized because I may look differently or I may talk differently or I may come from a different background or a different economic status or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think those types of discussions and conversations are important because the reality is the world is becoming more and more diverse. Sure. That's the flip side of it, yeah. particularly our country. Um, when you think about the triangle, and I'm one of those people that, that moved here a few years ago. Same. There are throngs of people. <laughs> We're part of the problem. Yeah, we are part <laughs> of the problem. And that's why the real estate is going up, yeah. right? But there are throngs of people literally moving here from all over the country, all over the world. Uh, in part because of research triangle and, and a lot of other factors. And hey, the weather's awesome. The barbecue is great. It's cheaper than. Uh, well, you're from Texas, so you may not agree on the barbecue. But compared to the barbecue in New Jersey, this is amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's one of the things I think even speaking to that Dr. Derwin Gray. Yep. Friend of the program, right? Yep. Uh, yep. In his book, what's it called? Uh, uh, building a multi-ethnic church. In building a multi-ethnic church. Mm-hmm. He highlights this idea that the church has had to figure out diversity on yeah. its own because yeah. schools were forced to integrate, <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. government, military jobs yep. forced to integrate, all businesses mm-hmm. forced to integrate, and the mm-hmm. church didn't have to. Right, um, right. What do you, like? Can you give us any historical insight into what that looked like? Sure. So, man, um, that's a big question. So... <laughs> Couple things. Um, I'll talk from a just from an African American perspective, from a Black perspective. When we were brought to this country as slaves, um, you know the the dominant religion was Christianity, mm-hmm. right? Um, the challenge was, and we can all look back on this. Obviously, we'll say, "Man, slavery was wrong. It was evil." I don't think that's really debatable, but. Um, the, the the slave owners, uh, in many cases, either forced Christianity on us or they would allow us to worship separately, but we were, they would take certain pages out the Bible. They would tell mm-hmm. us we couldn't, like you couldn't look at Exodus because the slaves were being freed in Exodus. Oh, wow. So there were literally Bibles that were made like that that had those things in them. <laughs> so fast forward. Emancipation Proclamation, Civil War, all of that. This is not a history class, but, um, you know, those things happen. So then the church starts to kind of splinter into denominations because of different theological things. You got Methodist Church, Baptist Church, got Episcopalian, you got all these different churches, Pentecostal churches. But what starts happening, because society at that time, there was segregation, Mm -hmm. Jim Crow laws were going into effect. This is coming out of Reconstruction. People were like, nah, you guys can't worship with us. Yeah. Or if you worship with us, you have to sit in a separate section of the church. Right. So then you get um, 
you know, black churches, all black churches were formed out of that. Right. Because you had people who had studied to become pastors, but they weren't allowed to pastor churches right. and those types of things. So they start churches. So then you start to have these churches in America that are not multi-ethnic, not multicultural, but are a black church, a white church. And then as more immigrants come, mm -hmm. you have Koreans coming, you right. have, um, you know, just other ethnicities coming, right. everybody's forming their own churches. Right. And so to, to Dr. Derwin Gray's point that he made in the book, which is an excellent point, there were laws passed that said, hey, uh, if you have a bus, everybody has to be able to sit wherever they want to on the bus. If right. you have a concert venue and people come to the concert venue, you can't discriminate on people because of their ethnicity or their or their race or their age or any of those things. Mm -hmm. You have a workplace. You have to be able to provide gainful employment to anyone who's qualified. Right. You can't dis discriminate based on race or ethnicity or any of these other things. And so the church, because there's separation of church and state, no one has passed laws right. that says, hey, you have to have a multi-ethnic church. Now, the flip side of that is when you look in the Bible, when you look at those early churches, many of those churches were multi-ethnic churches. Right. And in fact, and this is such an interesting, interesting observation in Scripture, obviously the gospel was changing people's lives. But what really drew people to the churches at that time, right. those were the only places where you saw people of different ethnicities and cultures right. engaging and doing things together. For sure. So if I'm if I'm uh, Jewish and you're Greek, right. we are probably not working alongside each other. Our children are not going to the same schools together. Right. They're not. We're not doing anything else together except when we would go to church. Yeah. <laughs> in the, in those early days. For sure. We were doing that together, and that's what was drawing people. Like, oh, what? Wait, wait a minute. This is different. They're getting along. They're getting along. Right. And so uh, I think there's a there's a there's a biblical precedent for what churches like Hope are pursuing sure. in this season of saying, hey, it is biblical to be multi-ethnic and multicultural. And and you asked me earlier about multi-ethnic, multicultural, like I prefer culture. I think part of it is because I also DJ too. But um Culture speaks to not just color in terms of just the differences people have, mm -hmm. but it also speaks to music. It speaks to your way of life. It speaks to, you know, where you come from. It right. speaks to the food you eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all those different customs. And I think that's part of what in God's creation is so great. Right. Like if, 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 if I didn't like multicultural cuisine, like, Maybe I never found out about Italian food sure. or I, I never found out about Mexican food or right. whatever the case may be, but it encompasses all those different things. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, kind of back to what the early church was, themes in scripture. I yeah. mean, we talk, we're talking about like right now in America, 2021, mm -hmm. there's issues with race and racial tensions are high, yeah, yeah. Um, highest in my life, you know, that mm -hmm. type of stuff. But you look mm -hmm. in scripture, you're like, man, I mean, it's always been a problem. Paul yeah. and Peter were talking about, oh, yeah. you know, those types of things. Yep. You're talking, Jesus is using the good Samaritan, mm -hmm. like using the example of the yeah. Samaritan being yep. of a different yep. race yep. Uh, to express like, what does it mean to love your yep. neighbor? Um, mm -hmm. And like, 
So where's your, I think, moving forward where we are in culture today, um, what does it look like to be a multi-ethnic church? I think from a high level, Mm -hmm. it's a place where anyone can walk in Mm -hmm. and feel like I belong here. Right. Right. I'm I'm represented in some way. Um, I can walk in here and find my tribe. Um, I'll give you a good example. Um, Literally... This past Sunday in my student ministry, uh, I have a young man, his name is, is Ian, plays basketball, great kid, freshman. And, um, and Ian comes just about every week. Is he good at basketball? H- he can play, bro. He can play. He can hoop. Ian can hoop, bro. If you're looking I mean, for a guy. He's he, freshman. <laughs> I mean, he's cl- pretty close to dunking. I mean, he can hang on the oh rim with two hands. Like, he he can play. Athletic, <laughs> finish around. I mean, he, he can play. Um, but, uh. He comes just about every week, you know, really involved, really engaged. But one thing about him is he's been a bit of a loner. Mm-hmm. And there's there's other black students who come. Um, but this past Sunday, there's a, a prep school program that I have a relationship with one of the coaches. And uh, he brought the whole team. Okay. So there's nine kids come in. These kids are from all over the country. Um, but they're here to play basketball. Right. So they walk in, they look like basketball players. I mean, they got Jordans on, sweats, you know what I mean? Like right. the whole thing. They're cool. They're tall. Right. These kids are, you know, 18, 19 years old. Ian's a freshman. Ian's 14. So they come in. I'm teaching them how to play nine square. So they're playing nine square. Ian comes over playing nine square. So we're getting ready to start. We all sit down at the tables. I tell everybody, okay, freshman girl sitting here, da 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 Ian goes and sits with them. Right. And so my wife, she's a volunteer. She says, wait, um, does Ian play with them? Right. I said, nah, he just met him. But here's what happened. Ian found his tribe. Yeah. He found some people who, even though he felt like he fit in, but now he found some people, hey, we have common interests outside of just our faith and wanting to grow as high school students. Right. We have this common interest of basketball and we like sneakers and right. we dress similar. And so when I think about a multi-ethnic church, you have an environment where someone can walk in and immediately they can say, man, my tribe is here. People. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful thing when there's multiple types of people who can walk in and find their tribe right. somewhere. Now, in all fairness, that can create some other challenges because you may not be quick to agree on certain issues, sure. right? So we see that our, our student ministry team here at Hope, um, I tried to do this the other day. There's three black men, including myself, myself, Aaron, Daniel. There's uh, two gentlemen of Asian descent, Brandon and Taffy, mm-hmm. or, uh, and, and, uh, and Eddie as well. Then there's uh, Jay and Tyler, two white guys. You have two women, Sarah Beth and Shelly. Hopefully I didn't leave anybody out. Right. But we're a very diverse bunch. Sure. The challenge is we don't always agree right away on everything. Right. Because we all have a lot of experience doing youth ministry, but we all have done it in different contexts. Right, right, right. And so, uh, and, and we work at different campuses. Right. That have different needs in different communities. So sometimes it takes you a little bit longer 
to get the consensus. Sure. But in the process, you learn and grow so much mm -hmm. because you're hearing the different perspectives and taking those things into account, right. which also represents our students. Absolutely. You walk into our environments, you have different types of students. And so there's a lot of times Brandon will say something or, or Taffy will say something and Eddie will say something. And I'm like, man, I never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. And then we implement it and it's just like, oh, that we did that and it connected with that student. And I never would have thought to do that right. because that was not a part of my my background or my history right. or I've never experienced that before. Why so. would you? I think that's kind of highlights the issue. Well, even in identifying, is it a value of a given church mm -hmm. or a community to value diversity? Why sure. does it matter? Because in the, in the church is different because like our, we're supposed to be this Philippians 2 united, mm -hmm. one mind, one yep. love. Yep. Like this is the thing we care most about. Our identity mm -hmm. is in Jesus yep. and the life, death, resurrection. You know, like, yep. And we have given the spirit and go. So mm -hmm. we should be aligned on all these things. Mm -hmm. So why do we have to care about where people come from? Yeah. Why do we care about their background oh, or ethnicity so or diversity? Can't they, we all just assimilate to being this one thing where we're focused in yep. this one direction? And that's where... I mean, the actual obstacle is yep. identifying, is that something we should care yep. about? Uh, and that, I mean, you just nailed it. It is. Um, well, what do you got? Here you go. I, I, literally, we just had some training on this as a, as a staff today and some ongoing training that we're doing. You think about people who've been abused in some way, mm -hmm. right? They bring whatever trauma and baggage with them. Mm -hmm that has come as a result of that. Yeah. If I never cared about their history, their trauma, any of that, I cannot minister to them effectively. Right. Right. And, and a lot of times as a, as a guy, when those things happen to women, it, I already have to make an effort to empathize because I can't fully understand that because I've never went through it. Right. But if I just ignored it and brushed it off, I may never connect with that person. Yeah. And so culturally, that is that's still the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about um, some of the trauma and some of the experiences that um, that African Americans have experienced, or Hispanics have right. experienced, or Asians have experienced in different cases. And it's like if I don't take that into effect, I can't minister to those people. So, for instance, when me and you looked at the George Floyd video mm -hmm. last summer, we both saw the same thing. Mm -hmm. We both came to the same conclusion, man, this is wrong. Yeah. Here's the thing. The trauma that I experienced may be a little bit different from for you mm -hmm. because I'm looking at that and I'm saying, dang, man, that could be me. Mm -hmm. Dang, man, that could be Nate or Noah, my yeah. sons. Yeah. Dang, man, that could be my father. Right. That could be my uncle, right? And so that that's one example but there could be something else that happens in society mm -hmm. that maybe happens to a white person. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at that saying, man, that could be me, but that's not the perspective that I'm viewing things from. Right. Here's the thing. If I'm doing ministry and we're both in the same ministry yeah. and we're both bringing those things to the table, whoever's doing the ministry leading that minute, you have to take those things into account. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you're a small group leader uh, or, or, you know, whether you're serving in ministry in some cases, mm -hmm. walk in first impressions, whatever the case may be, just being able to meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. That's the biblical mandate. Yeah. How can I meet someone where they are 
if I never take into account your culture yeah. and what you, what, you know, what, what past trauma you may bring or past experiences or challenges or whatever, the, whatever it is you're dealing with, yeah. how can I meet you where you are if I never go and investigate where you came from? Yeah. So I just think there's a, a I think there's a practicality to it. Um, and then and, and, uh, you mentioned assimilate. I think that's such a, uh, it's a challenging word and a challenging concept to talk about because it seems easy. Oh, just come here, the gospel will unite us, right. and that's it. And we can just drop all the cultural stuff. Right. The challenge with that is that word assimilate carries so much trauma for minorities mm. because as a black man, when my ancestors were brought here, that's right. precisely what we were forced to do. Right. We were forced to assimilate. Many of us don't know what countries in Africa we came from. We don't know what our family names are. Yeah. We don't know what tribes we came from. We don't know any of that because mm -hmm. it was stripped from us because we were forced to assimilate to this new culture as slaves. Mm -hmm. And so the culture that we've been able to develop here in America um, and some of the challenges that it have even come with that, mm -hmm. when you tell someone, hey, we're gonna strip your culture so that you can so that you can be a part of this, it's like, hey, well, what about when I go back into my community? Right. My community is not functioning like this. Mm -hmm. I want to learn how to be a Christian in my community so I can reach my friends. Right. So it's, I get it because here's the flip side of it. We all fear what we don't understand. Sure. So uh, I have a pretty good knowledge of what it what it's like living as a black man in America. Mm -hmm. And not that I represent all black people because I, I certainly don't. But there's a part of me, um, when I moved here and, and you know, we're researching neighborhoods, I'm like, man, like, if I move into a neighborhood where there's all Indian people mm -hmm. or there's all white people, right. am I going to fit in? Right. And I feared that because I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, and, and what I found, and this is one of the things I love about the triangle, is that people here want diversity yeah like they do yeah. like this is one big melting pot there's not this um this thing that exists in some other communities in the south where it's like you feel like you don't fit in like there's not a lot of places i've been here where i have not felt like i fit in and that's one thing i love about hope yeah people have embraced my family we 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 i've been in pretty much all black churches my whole life yeah Homogenous. Homogenous. There Historic. you go. That is that Dr. is Derwin the Gray taught me. That is a Derwin Gray. That's a <laughs> that's an SAT word, right? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 people have embraced us at this church yeah. in ways you wouldn't understand. People have given us things. People have just been so gracious and nice to us. Even the things that I didn't understand. Hey, Wade, you know, just I just want to help you understand this. Like it's it's been amazing on so many levels, mm -hmm. but. I think just back to that word, like just you don't want to force people to assimilate, like yeah. assimilate, like you actually miss God's beauty in creation right. when you do that. Like there's some there's some beautiful things that happen across all these different ethnicities and cultures mm -hmm. that we miss when we just say, hey, everybody just has to be the same. Right. We miss opportunities for growth. Yep. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, we acknowledge that there is a creator and he is creative. And anytime yeah. we are just putting, you know, when we see the gospel through a mirror or we see the world through a mirror, we're just looking back through our perspective. And it's got to mm -hmm. be through, uh, you know, uh, honestly, not to be corny, but like a God-shaped window yep. where it is all colors, shapes, sizes, yep. languages, and it's out there you know mm -hmm. it's not just in my home in my mm -hmm. corner and in my perspective so mm -hmm. i appreciate you being a part of this conversation oh, here's kind of the thing that it feels like you know uh, here's a topic and let's talk about it mm -hmm. but kind of the action step or the reason we have this discussion is really because we want to challenge you as listeners mm -hmm. um, to engage that, engage mm -hmm. the need for diversity. If you don't have mm -hmm. somebody in your life, small group, community, who doesn't look like you, think like you, or sound like you, and diversity is not mm -hmm. just ethnically. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people around us in every circle we walk in with special needs of yep. different ages. Yep. Different. I mean, and we can engage that and really kind of see God move in those communities. So that's the challenge. Just mix mm -hmm. it up. Mix it up. You yeah. know, I mean, come on. It's like a confetti ball. We need everybody for this party. So yeah. uh, we love you guys. Wade, my man. Matt, I'm thank so you, man. bad at handshakes. It's you're good at them. There you Let's go. go. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's good. That's the thing. That's the action step. That's the thing, man. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Have the conversations. Me and Matt have had some uncomfortable conversations. That's true. It's just the truth of it. And I've grown so much in having these conversations. Yeah. There's perspective that Matt has. I like to think I have some perspective that maybe he hasn't had. And we've grown. Mm -hmm. Like, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. This brother has sharpened me in so many ways. So many ways, and I'm grateful for him well, and, goes and the ministry, ways, man. For sure. We love yeah. you um, big time. He's always looking for volunteers. You guys want to serve, connect yes! with the Raleigh campus. Holla at me! <laughs> but that's it. Uh, or if you're looking for a DJ, he spins. All right. Well, we love you. Uh, catch us next time on Community Conversations.